This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the National Biodiesel Board. Biodiesel supports more than $11 billion in economic activity and 60,000 U.S. jobs. Visit americasadvancedbiofuel.com for more. Good Monday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. Within the next 11 days, the EPA is set to roll out next year's blending requirements under the Renewable Fuel Standard. The move finalizes the requirements proposed earlier this year, but could involve some changes. The release typically draws fresh battle lines from the biofuel debate. Frank Macchiarola with the American Petroleum Institute says they want to see wholesale changes to the program. Implementing this broken program year after year is not a forward-looking energy strategy. The RFS mandate was established over a decade ago to expand our use of renewable fuels while reducing reliance on imported oil. Since then, the U.S. has undergone a transformation from a nation of energy dependence and scarcity to one of energy security and abundance. America has significantly increased domestic crude oil production, and we have transitioned from a net importer of refined petroleum products to a net exporter. Bad policies like the RFS threaten this progress. Ethanol advocates disagree. They want to see the program continue with some changes to reallocate volumes waived through small refinery exemptions. We do need more information, and importantly, regardless of whoever gets a waiver, those obligated gallons have to be reassigned. That's Emily Score with Growth Energy. She doesn't expect the upcoming release to address the waivers. Brian Jennings with the American Coalition for Ethanol says since renewable identification numbers are trading lower recently, there's less reason for the waivers. I do believe that Acting Administrator Wheeler wants to take a better approach here, wants to be more transparent about how these exemptions are handled. It's hard for EPA to dole out a bunch of these exemptions to refiners with rent prices trading the way they are. Overall, both oil and energy sector interests anticipate the final rule to look similar to the proposal, says Renewable Fuels Association's Jeff Cooper. We're not hearing of anything different than what was expected out of that rule. We, we are looking for 15 billion gallons for conventional biofuels, slight increases for cellulosic and advanced, a slight increase for biodiesel in the, in the following year. We'll, we'll see what it looks like, but all expectations are it's going to look very much like what, what we saw in the proposed rule. By law, the final rule is to be released by November 30th. The Department of Agriculture and Food and Drug Administration made some news recently with the announcement of shared jurisdiction over cultured meat. Under the joint arrangement, FDA will oversee the cell collection and growth, and oversight will switch over to USDA for the harvest and labeling processes. Danielle Beck with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association says she believes this essentially leaves USDA with primary jurisdiction. If I'm reading between the lines, how I interpret that is that USDA still has primary jurisdiction over lab-grown products. FDA will be involved in the initial stages. They may make some safety determinations. But ultimately, everything that we've been fighting for in order to guarantee an even playing field, you know, that's USDA oversight, and that's what we're getting. She says while FDA may have jurisdiction over cell collection, USDA may have a role there as well. One of the things that we've encouraged both agencies to think about is that you wouldn't ever want to collect cells from an animal that would be otherwise condemned from slaughter. And so having that FSIS veterinary and on-site to ensure the health and welfare of that animal, that's a really important component. Beck says NCBA still supports appropriations language describing USDA as the primary regulator of the technology. Finally today, a pair of South Dakota turkeys are readying for their big day at the White House. Peas and carrots will be presented to the president tomorrow, with one of them being chosen to be the National Thanksgiving Turkey. Jess Fenn is the chairman of the National Turkey Federation. He says the event provides a unique way to advocate for the sector at the highest levels of government. 
You know, my message is just that Turkey is an important food source in the U.S. and that we're thankful for the opportunity to come and do this and enjoy Thanksgiving. After the ceremony, the birds will retire to Gobbler's Rest at Virginia Tech. Rami Delul is a poultry professor there, and he says the birds serve as an educational opportunity. With little kids, you explain the simple anatomy and, and behavior of, of birds, and they, they get to understand better how important the poultry industry is, not only in our state, but across the nation. The White House ceremony will be held early tomorrow afternoon. Now here's a word from today's sponsor, the National Biodiesel Board. Imagine turning soybean oil, used cooking oil, and waste animal fats into fuel so amazing it supports more than $11 billion in economic activity. That's biodiesel. An American-made fuel transporting goods across the country, heating homes, and driving our economy forward. Biodiesel. The American innovation driving more than 60,000 U.S. jobs. Visit americasadvancedbiofuel.com for more information. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.